A very warm welcome to this World Game Changers podcast, where your host, Paul D. Lowe, embraces many crucial conversations that compassionately contribute towards creating a better life and world. Paul's intention is very simple, to help get people's inspirational insights and motivational messages out into the world so others may benefit. Hello, listeners, and welcome to this World Game Changers podcast episode where today a returning guest, a lady by the name of Lynn Smith. And you may recall Lynn, uh, done two previous episodes, one around beliefs and one around the very powerful six human needs. So we thought we'd round this little mini series of three off by uh, talking about life's purpose. I don't know why, but I want to welcome you as mom. A very warm welcome, mom. <laughs> Thank you, uh, sir, Paul. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the night has not been come through yet, but I'm, I'm sure it's on its way. <laughs> Most certainly, yeah. Okay, listeners, not, not a bad way to start a, a podcast, is it? With a bit of, uh, you know, a bit of energy around humour. So, purposeful living, new purposeful living, a wonderful way to be. So what does, let me let me start, I know you're going to start asking me one or two questions around purpose, um, but what does that conjure up with you? Just to set, you know, when I, when I utter those few words, new purposeful living, a wonderful way to be, what does that conjure up in your mind? Um, I suppose for most people, um, for me, in my mind, it, it conjures up you know, having a reason as to why we're here and, um, you know, what are we actually striving to achieve and work towards? Mm. Life's purpose in very simple, two very simple words. Yeah. Okay. So I'm kind of in your hands now, Mom. <laughs> <laughs> so I suppose what I'd like to ask you is um, what would your definition be of purpose? It's yeah. Um, well, in, in um, many moons ago, I coined this simple phrase, a reason to get out of bed in the morning. Now, mm. I think, as you know, that's as I look back on that, I mean, that was very much part of my own story, my own words at the time, which, you know, was, as I say, a few uh, many moons ago. But as I it's deeper than that now, it's that calling a purpose is that something that burns with inside you to say, um, you know, this is what this is what you'll do. Uh, and it's hard to define. And I think I don't know, listeners, if you've ever heard that saying, the more you find out, the less you know. And this is a great this is, a you know, the great context of this, because the more I found out about purpose, the less I actually know, other than you know, on an intellectual level. You know, listen, we can all look in a dictionary and quote verbatim what it says in there around, you know, and they're good guides. Of course they are. But for me, purpose is something. It's a bit like love. It's, it's indefinable. It, it's something that's in you. And it's it's a calling, a pulling in a direction that, yeah, it's it's indefinable. So that's probably not answered your question very well. But it's about as close as I'm going to get, I think. <laughs> I've got a, a purpose um, definition here by 
Patanjali, which I think is quite a nice definition. It says, when you are inspired by some great purpose, some extraordinary project, all your thoughts break their bonds. Your mind transcends limitations. Your consciousness expands in every direction and you find yourself in a new, great and wonderful world. Dormant forces, faculties and talents become alive and you discover yourself to be a greater person by far than you ever dreamed yourself to be. Mm. Well, for me, that's a new insight. <laughs> it is. So, um, yeah, I mean, listen, I think the beauty of, of that simple, is it a simple word? It's not for me to judge, but that, that seven letter word purpose, it conjures up so much. You know, it, all, it means different things. Most words mean different things to different people. But I certainly love that, uh, that definition. I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't challenge that. And I think, you know, that brings in a whole new question. We know that words have power, they have energy. Um, but I also think the other side of that is we can get bogged down on them. But, you know, because and this is this is one of those examples where purpose is it? it's just something, you know, try and define love. You can't. It's a feeling. It's something that's deep within inside you. And it, it makes no sense. Well, not to me, it doesn't anyway. Yeah, I, I agree. I think it's also important to, um, I suppose, for those listeners that are listening, that think that are thinking to themselves, well, you know what, I've never had any um, calling or drive around what I consider to be the definition of, of purpose. And I think, I can't remember which one it was, whether it was Elizabeth Gilbert or Brenny Brown, I always get those two muddled up, um, that realised that, you know, some people don't have any great calling and, you know, um, Whereas, so, you know, there's one large group of people absolutely know their purpose and they, they know it from a young age or they, they get to adulthood and have a clear idea as to what it is they want to focus on and, and work towards and are very driven towards, you know, that, that, that calling or that um, guidance internally, intuitively that they feel drawn towards. But other people don't necessarily have that that clear insight and they may want to just you get curious about trying different things you know and uh, testing a little bit here and testing a little bit there uh, you know and it might take a while before they actually find something that they think yeah this is what I'm passionate about actually I've now found my purpose so I think what I'm trying to say is that you know for those audience members that are thinking well I've never felt I've had a passion or a purpose there are different ways to uncover that yeah, I agree with that. And I think it's worth noting at this stage as well that, you know, as much as, um, you know, there's, there, there can be stuff out there that's saying, you know, your purpose is to start a school in Africa or save the elephants or do this, you know, these big monumental projects. Sometimes I, from my own uh, perception, uh, are attributed to, you know, life's purpose. And for me, it's, you know, it's less grandiose and it's far more, to quote Richard Grover, granular than that. It can be something as simple, um, and I don't certainly do not mean this disrespectfully, in fact, just the opposite of my purpose in life is to nurture my kids. And actually, I can't think of a better purpose in, in any capacity. You know, that is, all to, in, you know, my humble opinion, it's one of the, it's up there with any any kind of accolade of any purpose you know what can be better than rearing 
in our youngsters into you know to um, honourable members and contributing members of uh, of society. So it doesn't have to be anything spectacular. I think it's that just that something inside that says, yeah, this is where I'm at and this is where I'm meant to be. Yeah, something I think bigger than ourselves, whether it's something, you know, that's um, to do with our immediate family, like you said about your, your children or whether it's your local community or your local region or your, even your nation or you know, something on a more global international scale, it doesn't really matter. It's about, you know, um, thinking about what could be the legacy that comes off the back of touching another person or another thing's life. Mm, interesting word that's been introduced there, listeners. Very interesting word, legacy. Because isn't ultimately that's what it's about, isn't it? The purpose, the here and now stepping stone to actually leaving a legacy. Yeah. Yeah. And we don't know, do we, whose lives we may touch? You know, that can just be with smiling at a virtual stranger that might inspire them not to take their life that day. That you might not even know that you've done that. Mm. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. And then, you know, this this whole kind of going back to this, you know, to use the cliche starting schools for Africa, because I know a few years ago there was this big thing around that, you know, everybody was on a on a meet, well, not everybody, but a lot of people was on a purposeful mission to to do something like that or save the elephants or, you know, on, on that very big scale. But, you know, at the risk of repeating listeners, it's not. It's the simple everyday things in life that makes us feel good. And that for me is a great litmus test to say, hmm you know what, maybe I'm just aligned with my purpose here. Definitely. It's it's literally about those little gestures that become daily habits, you know, those little random acts of kindness, isn't it? Mm. Yeah. You know, and, and just on that note, listeners, it, it's, you know, this is why I propound time and time and time again that life is a very simple game. But I think as the years go by, we are... <sighs> We lose our way and we, you know, these, these big expectations, particularly from the media these days about, you know, you must do this and you should do that. And we've, we've kind of, in many respects, I feel we've lost the art of living. You know, to quote John Major, British Prime Minister from the uh, mid 80s, who succeeded Margaret Thatcher. Maybe it's time for us to get back to basics and understand the simple things in life. Yeah. And, and the simple things can be just as simple as, uh, you know, deciding to smile at a stranger that day, for example. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I feel that, you know, it, it doesn't take much effort to get into these little habits that sort of not only enhance our own lives, but could potentially touch other people's, you know, such as I always make an effort to... Um, note the checkout girl or checkout boy's name at a supermarket and always address them by that name and ask you know say good morning or good afternoon or good evening to them and engage them in a bit of a conversation which you know doesn't take much effort but you know probably you know it just makes their day a little bit brighter mm. well it's certainly making my day brighter by you talking to me <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I appreciate that. So when it comes to um, 
purposeful living then what does that mean in terms of the way you um deliver that to your own clients paul i think before i deliver anything to anyone else externally it's about what i deliver to me the story i tell myself you know even if i Simple example, this happened to me recently where I got out of bed and I don't know whether I'd creep my neck and I felt a bit kind of awkward and, you know, a bit grumbly. And then it's just telling yourself a different story and just catching that quickly, you know, that kind of negative energy, for want of a better phrase, uh, temporarily and having a choice to move and shift that energy because, you know, I'm not responsible for the outside world and, and, and how that evolves. But by me being the best I can be, I can actually have a positive influence on that. And that's how, you know, that's how I view my, you know, I, I show up as the best version I can be of me. And uh, that's why I love that quote of Anne Lamott, um, the American writer, when she said, it's not the job of, uh, of lighthouses to go searching over ships, uh, so, sorry, to go searching over seas and oceans look, looking for ships to save. They just stand there and shine. And I think that's great. That's that's our kind of purpose in life, to stand there, to, to shine as brightly as we can, to inspire others. And you're right when you're saying you just don't know what the, the legacy is of, um, you know, that knock on effect with a stranger carrying their bags, smiling at them, you know, using the name at the, uh, the checkout or whatever it is. Those simple, simple things. Yeah, absolutely. So when it comes to, um, I suppose, helping people who haven't got an idea of what their purpose might be, where do you think is a good place to start in terms of, you know, advising the audience listening in now? I think, you know, as a general and, you know, this is speaking from experience, you know, because to use a cliche yet again, we don't know what we don't know. And I think a good starting point is, okay, do you know what? I haven't got a clue. I haven't got a clue where I'm going. But let me do something. Let me start a voyage of self-discovery. I haven't got a clue where that's going to take me. And that's a good starting point because by having the, and I'm going to use a word here, courage, to dare to take that first step. It's amazing what will fall out from that what will unfold thereafter on that voyage of self-discovery. But it does take a, you know, a little bit of courage to take that first step. I always liken it to standing on a 10-metre diving board and looking down, and in that pool, you've got to jump into there. And um, not only have you got to jump, the, you know, dive into the, uh, the pool, but you also know that that pool is freezing cold. So you really don't want to do it. And it's one of those listeners, isn't it? How many times have you had situations metaphorically in life like this? And then you've, you've took the leap, you've took the plunge. And then, yeah, it's took your breath away for a moment or whatever. And then, you, you know, within a matter of moments, you, you're saying, what was all the fuss about? So that's the first step for me, that taking that, that leap of faith to say, there's something better than this. I don't know what it is. And actually, at this stage, don't really need to know. Do you feel yourself that you've always known what your purpose is or, you know, is it something that sort of dawned more uh, into your awareness in latter years? Both. 
at the risk of sounding contrary, both. <laughs> um, from a very, very early age, 13 and a half to be precise, I and I didn't have the words or the intellectual or the emotional capacity then to understand what I'm about to say now. But I come to understand on the back of a, you know, I, I went in on that fateful Saturday night to end my life and something very profound happened. And of course, that didn't unfold. But on the back of that, I came out with what would now be worded or framed listeners as awareness. I am here to fight for the underdog. They were, they were, that was my, they were my words. That was my mantra. Didn't really understand in a, in any kind of emotional or intellectual level, what on earth did that mean? But I just knew that I was here to, to try and fight for those. And I'm going to use the word fight for those that couldn't fight for themselves, which actually got me in a lot of trouble over the years, surprisingly. And was that, you know, within any, any particular niche in terms of um, age, you know, was, was that for children? Was that for women? Was it for men or, you know, was it for a specific age group? It certainly wasn't for men. In fact, it was against men. Men were at the bottom of the pile because my experience of men um, was, you know, from those formative years was less than nothing. It was bad. It was very, very, very bad. Very bad. And so men, it was absolutely bottom of the pile as far as I was concerned. Um, and the injustice or the perceived injustices towards children and women folk, that was really where my focus lay. Because that's what I'd experienced. That's what I'd seen. That's, you know, for many years, even though I was only 13 and a half, you know, I'd had that for four and a half years, nearly five years I'd had that, day in, day out, day in, day out. So um, obviously it created, you know, contributed to significant conditioning within me. Yeah, and I suppose for the benefit of those audience members that might be new to your podcast and new to your story, we're talking about, you know, the abuse you suffered at the hands of your stepfather in those years. Yeah the violence and the, the cruelty and the torture. And, um, you know, that was physical um, and emotional. Left some deep scars for many years to come. So, yeah, you know, I was a rebel. Um, I, I was just a rebel. I don't know whether I had a cause or I didn't have a cause. I'd, you know, if I'd have ever met James Dean, I'd have asked him for, the, uh, <laughs> for an insight or two. But, you know, I would, you know, I would set myself up as judge, jury and executioner and, and ask questions later. And as I say, listeners, it got me in a lot of trouble. Uh, so would you say, you know, that's still the case or has your purpose changed over the years? My purpose has evolved from that. I mean, that fire, that passion, that sense of injustice, and it, it burns stronger than ever burns stronger than ever. I think what I've learned to do over the years through experience is I've gained the wisdom to, you know, to use a boxing term in those days, I was shadow boxing. I was lashing out angrily at thin air. It was the anger that was in within me. And, but it didn't matter who I was lashing out at. What I've learned to do now over the years is channel that and focus that energy where I can make the most impact. So in boxing terms, 
you know, I aim for the knockout blow these days. Which is probably a really poor metaphor, actually, <laughs> when we're talking about violence and here's me talking about boxing. <laughs> <laughs> but you're not actually talking about literally going out there and punching people's lights up. That it is just a metaphor. Yeah, absolutely. But, you know, words have power, words have energy. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So what would you describe as being your current life purpose? You know, how do you see it for yourself in this present moment? Basically, very, um, very simple, three, and I love this term, you know, three simple words, developing world game changers, because we're all world game changers. Every single one of us. The reality is most of us don't even know that. You know, we're back to that grandiose, um, oh, well, I'm only a world game changer if I'm, you know, doing these massive things on a world scale. Absolutely not true. Absolutely not true. Each and every one of us is a world game changer, you know, and it's a bit as we spoke about previously on the six human needs. The impact that you have, we have a choice as we do with the six human needs, because those needs will be met, as we alluded to, within that particular episode. The trick is to meet them in a self-empowering way, not a disempowering way. And I think it's the same with, you know, with our purpose, you know, to, to do things and to, to influence life for the better. So how have you managed to channel that, you know, like you say, you, you had a lot of anger that you carried through the decades and you, you got, got you in a lot of trouble. How have you sort of, transmuted or transformed that now you know and rechanneled that mm, good question um it's been a process it's been a process i mean looking back on what would i do different knowing what i would do you know what would i do now i have easy to say afterwards i'd get myself a mentor to guide because i went the long way around i went on the experiential learning route and I call it touching wet paint. So, you know, somebody would say, Paul, you know, maybe you take this course of action. No, Paul had to do it his way. And he took another course of action. But what I would do now, knowing what I know is I, you know, for anybody looking to sort of embark upon a journey that really does want to know what their purpose is, is engage the services of a mentor. You know, somebody that not necessarily has got a big, fantastic reputation and they've got great social media and they've got this... You know, for me, that just says they've got great marketing behind them. But somebody that you can really relate to, somebody can reach you and you speak in that same language. And, um, yeah, that, that's kind of what I would encourage people to do. And what are you currently working on as part of your life purpose? Developing world game changers. And this... Um, you know, giving a platform for, you know, through podcasts, through books, for people's voices to be heard, because we've all got a voice. And the fact, I remember years ago when I was massively into football, there was a there was a footballer that turned journalist called Dave McVeigh. Um, and uh, he coined this phrase, diaries of a football nobody. And the essence of it was, I mean, Dave came from an era where when George Best was around. He came just after George Best era of the 70s, stroke early 80s. And what, what Dave was saying was, you know, if I was rich and famous and, you know, somebody like, say, like George Best, 
everybody had listened to me. Everybody had followed me. You know, that was pre-social media days. I mean, you see it with these so-called celebrities now, um, how people just follow, follow, follow. But what he was saying was, but I have a voice, you know, I might be a nobody in the eyes of the outside world, but I've got a story. A mind's just as important as the next man or woman, whether they're rich and famous or not. And I massively, massively agree with that. Hence, you know, I, I often use the term diaries of a football nobody, because in many respects, isn't it true that the vast majority of the world are metaphoric football nobodies? You know, that we haven't got big profiles. We haven't got, we're not splashed out all over the media with this machinery, this technology that, you know, that uh, they're using to, for their game. But that doesn't mean we haven't got a story to tell. And it certainly doesn't mean that we can't make an impact or touch other people's lives. Absolutely. 100%. So with World Game Change, it's part of my, my personal crusade. And I'm going to use the word crusade rather than mission is, is to provide that platform and to give, you know, to help people understand that the empowerment they've got is theirs. You know, we don't empower people. I don't agree with empowering people. I think we help people to self-empower. That power is already, you know, it belongs to them. We don't give it back because if we've got to give it back, by definition, that means we've got control, which isn't right. So for me, I'm very much into, you know, raising awareness about people becoming self-empowered. And listeners, listen, it's okay. We lose our way and that's fine. You know, I had, I had an alcohol addiction for many years. Boy, did I lose my way. I went down so many rabbit holes that it's a wonder I ever saw daylight again. <laughs> and that's fine. You know, it's fine because that, that's learning. But, you know, within that, never, ever, ever lose sight of that individual, that, that gift of life that we have. And that's why, you know, I know we've spoke about this previously, but my, my first of my five L values is life that special, special gift, that present. And um, so this all kind of, you know, it's no, no coincidence that beliefs and six human needs and purpose for me, they're almost, you know, please forgive me for those uh, bacon bees amongst us, but they're all vital ingredients to, to bake a cake. So we've got eggs, we've got flour, we've got milk. Um, and I know all the bakers are going to say, yeah, but Paul, you need more than that. Well, my, my cake's going to go eggs, flour, and milk. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and for those listeners that don't realise that our previous episodes that we've done have been about beliefs and um, um, the six human needs. And so if you haven't caught those episodes yet, then uh, go and have a listen to those that sort of are the preliminary episodes prior to this one. Mm. Yeah, that's led us to... Uh life's purpose or new purposeful living mm. taking it a stage further because the significance of that is you know despite the last two years of extremely challenging um, uh, things globally through through covid i really really feel that there's this opportunity for a new purposeful living a new paradigms on, unfolding and, you know, for based on hope, based on love, you know, they say that hope can be a, a dangerous thing, a 
I totally disagree. I totally disagree. It's a flicker of a flame that leads us towards light. And, you know, I can only speak from my own story, but that's certainly something I've been immensely grateful for in my life when things have been really, really, really dark and I felt like giving up. Yeah, and I think that that uh, I 100% agree because I've heard, you know, and read and watched stories around um, the Holocaust, for example, during World War Two, and uh, those people that survived that always said that, you know, it was on the back of having that hope that um, they would survive, and that's why they did. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I can remember watching the film The Shawshank Redemption and um, who's the actor, Morgan Freeman, when he said to the um, the guy that was um, befriended him that uh, the story was about. And, and um, the young fellow, the, the white guy, said to Morgan Freeman, he was on about this, that and the other, that he was going to get out. And uh, Morgan Freeman, the wise old sage, he'd been in there a long time, in jail a long time, and he said, don't fill your head with all that hope. It's a dangerous thing. But, um, as much as I love uh, Morgan Freeman for what he stands for in his life, and you know, as and certainly as an actor, um, I think he's a very philosophical man. Um, and I know he was only playing a role; he was only playing a part. But uh, I'll actually strongly disagree with that one. Well, as he was able to sort of see for himself through that story that, yeah, he, he was mistaken himself because obviously yeah. the, the guy in that film did escape. Yeah, yeah, through, uh, through challenges, but uh, yeah. Certainly a, a good film for those people that haven't sort of watched that yet. A very good, strong story about two guys in prison, really. It mainly centred around, isn't it? Mm. Yeah, some good moral undertones there. Okay, so before we wrap up the episode, Paul, any final words of wisdom around new purposeful living or life's purpose? I think the main thing is, and I've already said it, and yet again, it's the simplicity of, of having the courage to go on a voyage of discovery. You know, life is a gift and it is, it is what we make it. We have a choice in the story we tell ourselves. You know, we can either become the actor that's in the film or we can be the director. What I've learned to do over the years is become the director. You know, I always played a victim because that was my mindset. I don't anymore. I write books. I write scripts, you know, literally and sometimes metaphorically of the part I'm going to play on stage. You know, was it Elvis that... Um, was, are you lonesome tonight when there was a line in that song that says, you know, and he speaks in his kind of ballad voice around um, someone, someone once wrote that, uh, you know, life, we're on stage and uh, each must play a part. And it's true. The choice that we have, listeners, is what part do you want to play? Do you want to be a victim or do you want to be a victor or a victoria? Mm. Yeah. <laughs> very wise words to end the episode on thank you so all that remains now listeners is to thank lynn for being um i don't know what to call your host or co-host or that's why i called your mom it's safer <laughs> it's in the middle <laughs> it's it's neutral uh, but gratitude anyway thank you so much you're very welcome 
And all that remains now, listeners, is for me to sign off the way I always do by saying, remember, the world's changing. How will you respond? Thanks very much for listening to this World Game Changers podcast episode. Hopefully you found it interesting and helpful. Drop a line to paul at worldgamechangers.org with any thoughts or questions you may have, and he'll be more than happy to respond. Remember, the world is changing. How will you respond? <laughs>